0: It's about time. That's the title of the series that we're going to look at. And as Andrew mentioned this morning, we begin in ex ex exodus. Let's start with Genesis. Genesis chapter 21. God's appointed time. We find that in the story of the birth of Isaac. And um, chapter 21 is the culmination of that promise given Back in chapter 12 of Genesis, where God said that he was going to make of Abraham a great nation. And it began then with the birth of Isaac. So chapter 21, we begin at verse 1, and we read through verse 7. Then the Lord took note of Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet, I have borne him a son in his old age. Father, these are words that you've given by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. uh, Words that really cause us to to stand amazed at your power. And as Sarah also said, we, we laugh as we think of, of what you did. We laugh with joy, Lord, at what you've done. And so I pray that the words of my mouth today, the meditations of our hearts, would be pleasing in your sight. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Time is a strange thing, isn't it? Every minute has 60 seconds. Every hour has 60 minutes. Every day has 24 hours. But sometimes it seems as if a minute or an hour or a day goes by slower, and sometimes it seems it goes by faster. Isn't that funny how that works? Ever wondered why that is? Why a minute can seem so long at one time and then so short at another? Or a day can seem so long at one time or... Maybe shorter as another? I wonder if part of the answer might be, or might have to do with our age. You think when we're younger, uh, time seems to go by slower? It seems like we're always waiting for something to happen. Waiting for Christmas, you know, remember that when you were a kid? Waiting for your birthday. Waiting for your driver's license? Boy, time really went slow then waiting for that. Waiting for graduation from high school? Waiting for the weekend? How about waiting for summer? Huh? After a winter like this, seems like time is just dragging on. So we often wish it wouldn't go by by so slow. But when you get older, it seems as if time goes by faster. Would you agree, those of you who are... I don't want to say old, but older than some of the other ones here, huh? By the time you get ready for the day, you're ready to take your evening pills, huh? <laughs> the days just go by—they just go by so fast. The older you get, I've been told, the faster time seems to go. Perhaps a bigger factor in how time seems to. Move is, is the desire for things to happen when we want them to happen. Now, sometimes we want things to happen faster, and there are other times we want things to happen slower. Maybe it's moving too quickly. And if they don't happen according to our timetable, uh, then we get frustrated. So we need to learn that God has appointed times. Appointed times for His will in our lives? And let's just settle this right to begin with, that God is wiser than we are, right? Let's, would you agree with that? So if God is wiser than we are, and if He has appointed times for His will in our life, maybe it's just good to rest in that, right? To say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust You. I know You have a plan. You have an appointed time. And so help me to, to learn that lesson. I would say there's three lessons we can learn about God's appointed time as we look at this whole story of of the birth of Isaac. First of all, God's appointed time is perfect, so wait for it, right? God's appointed time is perfect, so, so wait for it. God's timing is always perfect because he is perfect, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? If God is perfect, then His timing is always perfect. He is never too early. He is never too late. But we don't always understand this. And it's probably not surprising that we don't understand this because God's ways are so far above our ways. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts... Are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, it's not surprising if we don't understand God's ways, God's timing, God's plan for us. His ways are so far beyond ours. Sometimes we don't grasp it all and that's that's fine. We if we did what kind of a god would he be if we understood his ways perfectly? In Genesis 12 God made a promise to Abraham that he would make him into a great nation. And at that time, Abraham was 75 years old. 10 years go by, God's promise was not fulfilled. By this time Abraham was 85. His wife Sarah, who was barren, was 75. And Sarah seemed to be getting a little tired of waiting, so she came up with a plan which ended up being a disastrous plan. Chapter 16 of Genesis, verse 2, So Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah after Abraham lived ten years in the land of Canaan. Abraham's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian her maid, and gave her to her husband Abraham as his wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. And the result was the birth of whom? Ishmael. Ishmael. So if God wasn't going to give them a son, Sarah says, let's just find another way. (laughs) Let's just do it ourselves. Let me give you Hagar and you can have a child through her. And they would violate then their marriage vow in order to help God fulfill his promise. As if God needs help to fulfill his promise. So when we refuse to wait for God's timing, have you ever done this? You take matters into your own hands and you're going to make it happen instead of waiting for God. And sometimes the results can, can be very, very painful. Look what happened with Sarah and Abraham. Genesis 16, verse 4 says that when Hagar conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong done me be upon you. Now, if you're Abraham, you're thinking, now, wait a minute, whose plan was this? I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, your maid is in your power. Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarah treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. So, By refusing to wait for God's appointed time, there were problems then between Sarah and Hagar. Sarah thought she was the solution. Now that she conceived, now now she was the problem. Problems between Sarah and Abraham, and that was just the beginning. It got so bad that Abraham and Sarah ended up kicking Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. Sent them off with a bread and water. Sarah said, I can't take it anymore. Get her out of here. Her family was was split up. They just couldn't wait for God's appointed time to fulfill His promise, and they paid for it. The consequences were painful. You know, we live in a, a culture today where it seems like the worst thing in the world is to have to wait for something. Isn't that the way it goes? You click on a website and it doesn't, doesn't pop up right away. It's just like, oh, what's wrong, you know? We just want things to happen so fast and to have to wait for something just seems like about the worst thing in the world. Oh, man. Wait in line at the store? Isn't that horrible? Wait an extra minute? Driving down the road and someone ahead of you is driving just a little bit above the speed limit? I drive down the road some time and I look behind me and these guys are going like, mean, come on, come on, you know. And then they pull over. I feel like pulling over in front of them, but it's the old nature coming through. You know, waiting. But you know what? Waiting can bring blessing into our lives. Waiting produces character in us, right? Maybe it first reveals character, but then produces character in us. Waiting causes our faith to be tested and developed, right? And when we have waited for something, we tend to appreciate what we've waited for much more, huh? Like this room. We waited a while, didn't we? We waited. And now that it's here, I think we appreciate it more, don't you? If you're in a setup team, you do, right? (laughs) Come to church and say, ah, don't have to roll out tarps and set up chairs and then take them down after the service. Waiting can bring blessing. So God's appointed time is perfect. Let's wait for it. Let's trust Him. Not try to make it happen ourselves, but say, Okay, God, I'm going to wait. Your timing is perfect, so I'm going to wait. A second lesson we learn about God's appointed time. God's appointed time is certain, so believe it. God's appointed time is certain, so believe it. As you look at how God dealt with Abraham and Sarah, you can't help but notice how patient He was with them. When they doubted His promise, He showed them that they could be sure that He would do what He said He would do. Look at chapter 15 of Genesis, how God did that with Abraham. In verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not fear, Abraham. I am a shield to you. Your, your reward shall be very great. And Abraham said, OK, God, what will you give me since I am childless? The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said to him, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. In other words, Lord, you, you gave this promise and I don't see any children. Then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, "Okay, look toward the heavens. Count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said, So shall your descendants be. Now, in order to assure Abraham that he could believe God's word, God gave him a little little object lesson in that chapter. Kind of an interesting object lesson that revealed God's power. Verse 9 of chapter 15. So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these things to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite each other. So picture that, cutting the animals in half, one half on one side, and one half on the other side. Now, from what we understand, that was kind of a, a ceremony that was done in those days where two people, if they made a covenant, they would cut these animals in half, and then both of them would walk between those pieces as if to say you keep your part of the covenant, I'll keep my part. OK, that's kind of the background of this. But you'll notice that Abraham did not walk between those pieces. Only God did. Verse 17, it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. Abraham did not pass between those pieces with God because God was saying to him that the fulfillment of this covenant depends on me and me alone. I will fulfill this covenant. You don't have any part in it, Abraham, because this is an unconditional covenant. I will fulfill the promise. I don't need your help, (laughs) which is kind of funny because the very next chapter... Abraham says, oh, okay, let's let's do that. I'll help you out, God. No. This promise depended solely upon God. That's the lesson we need to learn, right? We don't need to help Him. God will fulfill His promise. And Abraham needed to learn to trust that. Over time, his faith grew and he was assured of that. But God was saying, okay, Abraham, I want you to know I want you to understand that this fulfillment of this promise depends on me. How about Sarah? Did she need to be encouraged to trust God? We see this in chapter 18. The Lord, along with a few angels, a couple angels, came to visit Abraham and Sarah. Verse 9 Then they said to Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? He said, Well, she's in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. And Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I become old, shall I have pleasure also, my Lord, being old also? Now, it's interesting, it says that she laughed to herself. So evidently wasn't an audible uh, thing that everybody could hear, just kind of, yeah, right, laughing to herself. But God heard her. And so he asks Abraham about it, knowing that Sarah was listening in the tent. Verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I'm old? And the Lord encourages Sarah to believe in verse 14 of chapter 18. He asked the question, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And then he said, at the appointed time, notice again, the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year and Sarah will have... A son. In other words, Sarah was going to have a son at the appointed time. Why? Because God is able to do all things. Is there anything too difficult for him? What's the answer to that question? No! There's nothing too hard for him. I mean, if he can speak the the world into existence with his very word, is there anything too difficult for him? Absolutely not. This time next year, the appointed time... Sarah, you're going to have a baby... (laughs) you 're going to have a son there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. this uh, uh, truth is is found in, in many places in scripture job chapter forty two verse two I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted jeremiah thirty two seventeen Ah Lord, God behold, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you Jeremiah 32:27 behold i am the lord the god of all flesh is anything too difficult for me no Luke 1:37 for nothing will be impossible with god so if god can do all things and if god makes a promise to do something why would we doubt it right Why would we ever doubt it? Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God, right? Remember that song? Nothing is impossible when you're, what, resting in His Word? Nothing. So God's appointed time is perfect, so let's wait for it. God's appointed time is certain, so, so believe it. And thirdly, there's a sense in which we can say today that God's appointed time is here, right? So, rejoice in it. This chapter then, chapter 21, is the fulfillment of that appointed time. After waiting for how many years? You can figure it out. Abraham was 75 when the promise was given. Now he's 100, so he had waited 25 years. Sarah gives birth to a precious little boy. And notice in our text the emphasis upon God's faithfulness to His Word. We see that uh, three times in in two verses. Verse 1, Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time, of which God had spoken to him. So there, that those phrases remind us that God will do what He said He will do. As He had said, that's exactly what He did. Now, it's interesting to notice how, how the theme of laughter comes through in this whole story of, of Isaac's birth. Chapter 17, we saw that Abraham laughed at the idea that Sarah would have a baby. Verse 17 says, Abraham "Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? So Abraham laughed. We saw already in chapter 18 that Sarah laughed at the thought of having a baby. But here we see the, 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 the word laughter again. And, and it's a whole different kind of laughter, isn't it? There's, there's different kinds of laughter. Did you know that? There's a laughter of doubt. Yeah, right. Ha, ha, ha. There's a laughter of amazement. There's a laughter of joy. There's all kinds of laughter. So when you write LOL on your text, they might not know what kind of laughter it is, right? By the way, L-O-L does not mean lots of love. That's what I heard someone say. Laugh out loud? What kind of laughter are you talking about? So that's why you don't text those. you gotta, you got to speak them so they know what kind of laugh it is. Well, look at this laugh. Verse 6, Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The name Isaac, do you know what it means? Laughter. Michael Card wrote that song. They called him Laughter. For he came after. Anybody heard that song? No. Uh, precious... Baby born to an old lady and so forth. They called him laughter. No other name would do, right? When you think of this whole theme of laughter running through the whole story, no other name would do but laughter, Isaac. It's obvious that Sarah is giving credit to the Lord here. She says that God has made laughter for me. And then she says that she isn't the only one that's going to laugh. It's a laughter that's going to spread. She says, everyone who hears will laugh with me. How can you not laugh at this story? Huh? A guy 100 years old has a wife 90 years old. They have a baby. And this 90-year-old woman is nursing a baby. Does that not make you want to laugh? Say, Whoa, oh, man, oh man. Can you imagine them... With this little boy. Take him to the park, huh? In a combination walker-stroller, huh? Going along and... Oh, taking the grandson out for... Oh, beg your pardon. This is not my grandson. This is my son. Your son... Could you imagine them going home? You should have seen what I saw at the park today. There was a 100-year-old father and a 90-year-old woman playing with the, their son at the park. Oh, that can't be their son. That has to be their grandson. Maybe it's their great-grandson. No, it's not. It's their baby. you got to be kidding me. You see how the laughter, how the story would go on, how the laughter would spread? God made laughter for me. And Sarah says, it won't be just me laughing Everyone's going to laugh when they hear this story, right? Can't you? How can you not laugh? Jim, you're smiling. You're ready to laugh, aren't you? Is it a laugh of doubt or joy? Laugh of joy, right? Amazing. Paul describes how humanly impossible it was for Sarah to have a baby. Romans 4, listen to this. Verse 18. In hope, against hope, Abraham believed. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead. (laughs) Think of that. Your body is as good as dead, Abraham, but you can have a son. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, right? It was a process giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. I love that verse. He was fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to do. That's trust, isn't it? There's great joy in being fully assured that God can do what He promised. Right? Especially when it comes to the promise of forgiveness and salvation. There is great joy in in standing on that promise of His forgiveness and His salvation. I want you to know that this promise of a son for Abraham finds its ultimate fulfillment in our salvation. Right. It was through Isaac that all the nations of the world would be blessed because he was the one through whom Jesus would come. And if you look at the life of Isaac, you can see clearly that he was a what we call a type of Christ. He was a picture of Jesus. Many ways. Just let me give you three ways. Isaac was born at the appointed time. So was Jesus. Right. When the fullness of time came God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law so that we might redeem that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons just as the birth of Isaac was humanly impossible right so was the birth of Jesus born of a virgin Just as the birth of Isaac brought great laughter and joy. Does not the birth of Jesus bring us great laughter and joy? huh? What was the message to the angels? For I bring you good news of great joy. Right? So God's appointed time is here. Jesus has come. And this is what gives us reason to rejoice today. That that promise to Abraham through Isaac and throughout all the centuries has been fulfilled in Christ because through him all the nations of the world have been blessed. So do you know what this joy is all about today? Can you walk out laughing with great joy knowing that Jesus is the fulfillment? That Jesus is the one who who came to give his life for you. You have joy and peace and forgiveness because of him. Have you embraced this One who came at God's appointed time? When you know Jesus, when you know this One who came at God's appointed time, then you will know that you can trust your life with Him. That Jesus will guide you. He will provide for you in His time, right? And in His way. And in that you can rejoice. Let's pray. Thank You, Lord Jesus, that You came at the appointed time, at just the right time. When we were helpless, Your Word says that You, you died at the right time for the ungodly. When the fullness of time was come, You, you came to this earth. And the birth of Isaac just uh, nails that truth so so clearly. That you had a time, an appointed time for the birth of that boy. And that carried on, continued the promise that all the nations of the world shall be blessed. So, Lord, help us to trust you in our lives when uh, sometimes things seem to be uh, like they'll never happen. The promise will never be fulfilled. Lord, you are never early. You are never late. You are always on time. And we can trust you today. Lord, bless this word to our hearts. Encourage us today. Help us to leave with with great joy as we trust in your promise. In Jesus' name we pray.